Hello, Building Bridges. This is Eva Ruba, who's going to be in Melody Festival. And <laughs> yeah. Hello, my name is Eva Rose and I'm going to sing together with Eva Rydberg. Länge leve livet. Long live the lives. Ja, ja, den kom! Building bridges. You're good to go. Welcome to Building Bridges. I'm Sebi. I'm Jan. And I'm Dave. And this is a Eurovision podcast for the rest of us. And thank you to Eva and Eva for doing our intro this time. Yeah, Taksumike. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the latest ESC news, Sebi's recent trip, his Eurovision-related trip, the newest songs that are now part of the class of 2023, and we'll look ahead to this weekend's national finals, and there are a lot of them. Yes, and there are also a lot of news. Do you think we managed to fit them all into the episode? Uh, I mean, I can do the news pretty fast if we have to. You think so? You know what? I'll send a timer now. You'll get exactly two minutes to get all the news out there. Two minutes? Yeah, yeah, but I can do that. All right, let's go. Five, Five four, four, three, three two, two, one. Take it away. So, the EBU has been busy. We've had the semi-final allocation draw in Liverpool uh, recently. So, we've got our countries all divided up. We've got Serbia, Latvia, Ireland, Norway, Portugal, Croatia, Malta, Sweden, Moldova, Switzerland, Israel, Netherlands, Finland, Azerbaijan, and Czech Republic in the first semi-final. Semi-final two, we'll see Armenia, Cyprus, Romania, Denmark, Belgium, Iceland, Greece, Estonia, Albania, Australia, Austria, Lithuania, San Marino, Slovenia, Georgia, and Poland battled out for the 20 spots. Uh, Melfest sees its worst viewership in over a decade, with 200,000 less viewers watching the first heat. And meanwhile, across the border, NRK had almost a million people, which is up for them, to watch the MGP final on Saturday, during which Subwoofer unmasked themselves. Uh, keeping with the EBU, organizers are planning fan zones all across the UK to celebrate their countries hosting their first contest in a quarter of a century. And they might piggyback some events off of the King's Coronation, which is happening just one week before the Grand Final. In Greece, Melissa Mantoukis is arguing the results of ERT's internal selection. She's hired lawyers to look into the voting results, which saw Victor Vernikos win that national selection, saying that they don't add up. In Germany, Ike Hüftgold won the TikTok challenge, so now Unser Lied for Liverpool has its full lineup. San Marino is increasing its semifinals, uh, finalists from 60 to 80 songs. So we're going to see four semifinals with 20 semifinalists per show. What a mess. Uh, last Thursday, the voice of Georgia ended, uh, meaning the winner, Iru Kechanovki, is off to Liverpool. Armenia also uh, internally selected brunettes after weeks of speculation that got confirmed. Azerbaijan apparently has its list down to five artists. They're going to send something a little bit more traditional this year. And last but not least, Kalush Orchestra are to perform at the Dansk Melody Grand Prix final this year. I'm sure the first of several shows for them this year. And we did it. All the news of the week in two minutes. Perfect. Well done. Great. It's almost like we rehearsed that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's a good practice, you know, if you want to work on the radio and maybe, you know, like delivering some news. And it's also like, you know, when you're limited by time. So job well done, Dave. Yes, although I, yes. I kind of have a feeling Canadian uh, radio stations don't really care about Eurovision news. But hey, 
We can apply these goals somewhere else. Sure. Uh, Jan and I are pretty jealous, though, because Sebi uh, is just back from Jutteborje in Sweden, and you got not only to see the first heat live of Melody Festival, but you also got to go behind the scenes, which is how you met Eva and Eva. So do you want to tell us some more about that? Yeah, of course. Uh, first of all, I am really glad that I saw this live because I agree with the majority that this wasn't the strongest heat. I watched it on TV again, and it really wasn't that good, even though it was really good live and such a good mood in the arena. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone was really nice. Uh, I had a good chat with Eva and Eva, of course, as well with uh, Tone Sikelius, with Victor Krone, with... Uh, Actually, with all of them, but I think my favorite out of the contestants was Lulu Lamotte because we had like a press conference and um, we just talked a little bit. I asked her a couple of questions. You can, by the way, check out all the reels on our Instagram as well, Building on the Lime Bridges podcast. <laughs> and um, yeah, when the press conference was over, Lulu just came and gave me a hug. And that was Aww. really sweet <laughs> just before she left because, yeah, I think we had... We had a good chat. We had good chemistry. I think this is the first time in a long time I I was I I really couldn't pick who was going to qualify out of a Melfest seat. Like you usually have some really really strong contenders. Indeed. You had a yeah. lot of repeat names, a lot of big celebrities in Sweden going, and uh, I I mean I was just as shocked at the results. I think as anybody else. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, um, how was it in the arena when the results were read out? Was the, was there shock? Was there happiness? It was, I think, um, Jon Henrik, Adam Woods, and Arknorf qualifying was pretty much expected. But they weren't that popular in the arena. It was just like, yeah, whatever. We knew that, kind of. <laughs> and then, like, the two biggest fan bases in the arena were definitely Tone Sekelius and Victor Krone. And both of them were teenage girls, mostly. <laughs> And yeah, they both, and it was like up to them who would get the second final spot in the voting. So Victor got the first 12 points, which only we saw because the broadcast somehow didn't show it. That was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) There was an error. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, Victor got the first 12 and then Tone got all the other 12s from all the other age groups. And yeah, the audience was going crazy at each of the 12 points announcements and I think overall they were pretty satisfied with it. Uh, Lulu just didn't get as many reactions during her performance either. I think it was the song. I think something just didn't... She almost sounded nervous, which makes no sense. Maybe where she's on on her own, I guess. Maybe No Mamas, No Jon Lundvik. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, and also her first time in Swedish as well. First time alone. True. Could be. Either way, it's upsetting. I would say, like, no matter what, no matter, like... Um, how the heat went itself. I still think that um, Melfest just proved why is it one of the best, if not even like the best, at least production-wise, you know, national final of the season. Yes. And also why all the fans are always, you know, trying to get involved with it, uh, no matter if the song is like in Swedish or, or English or whatever, the production itself is nice. And I've heard so many times from different Swedish artists that they're saying, yeah, I mean, going to Eurovision is fine, but like mainly the main stage for them is Melody Festivalen because it brings such a big, amazing platform, you know, for, for Swedish singer-songwriters. And I think that upcoming hits are going to be as exciting, if not even more. Yeah, and one thing that really shocked me was um, 
they take so much care of their journalists and of the whole press team. Like they were really uh, trying to get everyone interviews with everyone else, you know? And like, that's the big difference to Eurovision, I yeah. think. And I got a text from course. you about the free pairs. So they even fed you. Yeah, free pairs. <laughs> Not only pairs. I only had pairs. No, they had uh, free food, free coffee, which was very important. because it... A nice Swedish fika. Exactly, yeah. Uh, that canelbulla as well Ooh. for free. <laughs> Bra. And yeah, they cared so much as well. Like even after the press conference, they were going like, oh, you got everyone right. You got to speak to everyone. So um, that was the big difference to Eurovision. I mean, of course, it's a smaller organization and everything. But yet and... it's a big production, I would say. Yeah. It's still a big yes. production. So it's still sometimes, you know, it's all about who's in charge, you know, to take care, to organize yeah. it well and... And so on. We were we were treated well in Torino, but not that well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it was what ten euros for a little salad at the at the snack bar. <laughs> yes, that was crazy. <laughs> and yeah, I think my highlight was actually the after show party because that's when you get to see the artists from a whole different side. And it was so casual, you know. There were no. It was only press and the artists, of course, only accredited people. So there were no fangirls, fanboys screaming around when people showed up. It was just, you know, casual. It was very elegant. Um, there was free food as well. And I wanted to, like, bring my plate back because I'm not used to so much luxury. They were like, no, what are you doing? The waiters are going to take that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so Linda Bengtsing showed up next to me. I was with a group of friends. We stood at a table and Linda Bengtsing showed up. Um, with a bag of salt and vinegar chips. And she was like, take some, take some, by all means. And I was like, um, okay, I guess. Yeah, take more, take more, they're really good. So the highlight was Linda anyway, with, with the <laughs> salt and vinegar chips. She must work for a chip company on it when she's not singing at Melfest. Mm. Yeah. No, and like a friend of mine wanted an interview with her and they did that right on the table and she was snacking her chips like while giving that interview <laughs> the entire time maybe she was stoned maybe she was really high or something and needed snacks she didn't seem so she was very quirky she okay. was still very much but you never know and so many artists were there not even only competing in the semi-final but also frida green was there or liamo was there and cornelia jacobs was of course there who also gave the interval act for this year's mellow and Beautiful yeah, it was interesting hold me closer <laughs> We already talked about Cornelia being sort of drunk in Turin in the green room. But I love that. I love and... every single <laughs> drunk moment of Cornelia yeah. Jacobs. It's 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 been yeah. absolutely stunningly amazing. I loved her drunk press conference press conference in Torino. It was it was but it was like purely drunk. It wasn't like you know that as drunk as she should be ashamed of, but like you know she was full happy. of joy happy happy drunk yeah <laughs> and i love too how all this all this happens and like anybody else they'd be an alcoholic but it's oh it's just cornelia <laughs> it's just cornelia exactly yeah yes so you would have definitely loved this party because she was completely drunk <laughs> she was jumping around she's so small she's so short like i never noticed in torino <laughs> But like she was jumping around and at some point the DJ, of course, played Hold Me Closer and they literally dragged her onto the stage and she was like screaming it down to us and everyone was screaming it up to her. What an experience. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And of course, like the artists were there as well, um, except for Ava and Ava. I think they went to bed at some point. <laughs> Actually, I heard that Ava, especially Ava Rose, 
not mm-hmm. used to wearing high heels anymore, and her feet were literally killing her after the performance. So the yeah. first thing that happened was she went back to her hotel room. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and Lulu also showed up. She was really disappointed with the results, uh, but she still showed up later anyway. And then they played uh, both Lulu's and Victor's song, and they were dancing around uh, to their songs, and like everyone was cheering them on. That was really sweet. It was almost like Victor was comforting her. Aww. So yeah, it was really nice. Um, I met so many great people as well, not just the artists or people who already knew, but like so many, just also other Eurovision fans as well. And especially Swedish Eurovision fans, which is like, they're really the devoted ones. There was this uh, pair of siblings and the sister said like she was only a small Eurovision fan and she could still name the Maltese national final hosts. Oh, like wow. that's, that's a small Eurovision <laughs> yeah. fan in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that they're like super involved with Eurovision because, like, I mean, they 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 somehow take it seriously, and you can see that by the results in in the recent years. So it makes all the sense. Yeah, so it was a great experience. Um, I would love to go to the other heats as well, not this year, but maybe I'll do the whole tour in a few years. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely worth it. Time to move to Sweden and really enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. So shall we get back to the road to 37, our 37 yes. competing songs this year? We already have eight artists and some mm-hmm. song titles, but no songs. And we have seven confirmed artists with their songs. Actually, that's wrong because we just had the Czech Republic pick Vesna this week. So we're actually up to eight songs. So we've got eight songs, eight artists. So we've got 16 and this Saturday is going to be busy because Romania, Estonia, Denmark, Malta, Croatia, Italy, and Latvia are going to pick their artists and songs as well. But we just had uh, we just had a couple last week. We're going to talk about Slovenia next week because uh, Mr. Jan is going to meet Joker out, and we're going to get yes. some content with him. So we're going to kind of press pause on Slovenia. Um, but we we talked about Ireland and Norway last week. So do we want to start with maybe? Ireland really quickly because we've already kind of talked about all the songs but of course Wild Youth won Euro song with We Are One Happy, Sad, what do we think? I don't know if you remember but I said that I could definitely see them winning the national selection I think it's an okay choice for Ireland the whole, like all of them sounded really bad live that was really (laughs) disappointing (laughs) and I think they still sounded best live so it wasn't a big surprise that they were chosen. No, well, Eurosong was a very small stage. You, you're you're basically competing at a at a at a late show. It's not meant to be a concert. So they they I guess they did what they could. They all six acts looked very different, but yeah, I, I mean, I was personally sad Adji didn't win, but uh, I think Wild Youth was a very safe choice. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with Brooke last year, like her performance in the late late show was awful and then she really really improved in turin yeah. and i think wild you feel sound good in liverpool but the song itself is just okay for me it's not one of my favorites yeah it, i i think it just in like as i said like okay song um i mean it's too early to say uh if it's if we see it as a qualifier it's not like a qualifier on on you know on the first listening for me but you know like eurovision is known for having songs which can became a huge grower throughout the you know the whole process of of 
having all the songs and also like when you see things live on the stage so yeah yes that's pretty much it for me yes and of course norway went uh this week as well the mgp final happened and the winner the maybe the shock winner was not Ulrika, so she's not going back to Eurovision. It's Alessandra Mele with Run to the Hills. Oh, I'm sorry, with uh, Queen of Kings. Um, so that's, yeah, so that song is going to go to Liverpool. Uh, yeah, she, and she won by a fairly large margin as well. So were you guys shocked or were you happy with the result? I would say that I wasn't shocked because I really saw that coming. Uh, I mean, especially from the point of view I mean, it, it became also like a TikTok sensation. And, you know, like nowadays, influence of TikTok, we talked about it in previous episodes. Like, you know, it can do like a huge impact of it. And I sort of saw her coming. And so far, it she seems like a fan favorite as for now. From Well, did you see, you mentioned TikTok. Did you see the accreditation rules for Eurovision this year? When they list people who can apply, yes. influencers. Yeah, maybe we should become came first. Became one. Yeah, really. Like influencers, influencers. Are, seem to be more yeah. valued than than international media. So exactly, exactly. Apparently, the rise of yeah. TikTok, <laughs> Sebi. Yeah, I wasn't surprised either. I saw it coming, and I was. Um, I'm not unhappy with it. I think it's one of the better songs we have so far. But I'm not one of these fans that are like amazed by it. And some of them are really like already seeing this in top five, top 10. I'm not so sure about that. Let's wait for the other songs before I we think it's jump too to early. these conclusions. I think it's too early yeah. to say about like who's yes. going to we have, yeah. we have eight songs now. So I mean, exactly. Exactly. top five of the I eight, maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I still definitely see it as a qualifier. She sings really well. It's like trendy and like. Again, she elevated that opening that I talked about last time already. Yeah. I love that. And, and it's yeah. early. They've got, they've got four months to tweak it. So, yeah. Yes. And then there's the show we didn't talk about last week, Benidorm Fest, El Festival de Benidorm, which mm. uh, went off fairly well. Uh, fans seemed to like it. Again, um, I wasn't overly impressed. I, I don't know. I'm may, I, th I think I'm just getting too old and too grumpy. Um, <laughs> because I sat down for about 10 minutes and tried to listen to Ea, I guess that's how it's pronounced, by Blanca pa Paloma. And this is what I came up with after all that reflection. I found the words loud, passionate, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. But uh, I tried multiple times. I just can't listen to it. I find it too painful and unpleasant to listen to and i know everyone else thinks otherwise because of the reactions i saw in the video to her performance and from what i've seen online everyone is thrilled but i i just cannot see this even coming close to the success that chanel had in torino really i thought it was the other way around i saw many people like hating this i thought it was really divided oh, they're only good. the love find, the find me those part. message boards would you because i have things to say and um <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally get why it won. I think it was the best live performance for sure out of all the finalists and also vocally like perfect. But yeah, it's not really my kind of song either. It's more and... like it belongs in an art museum than it does on a stage. It's, it was more of a piece of art than it was a song. Yeah, which is, which is fine for Eurovision. But like when we have the full Eurovision playlist, I would have preferred, you know... Vico or Agony 
when it comes to the Benidorm finalists than Blanca. But I think the performance could really put this high and I have no idea at all where this could end up. This could do like full ended last year, like really bad. Or this could also do like, I don't know. The juries might like this. The televote could be the decider. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say that... um... You know, like at, at this point, as Spanish contestants were right now, it was, you know, super hard to fill in to this Chanel shoes or high heels, if you want, um, <laughs> to to kind of became a great successor, you know. Um, and I would say that I think she will do well. I mean, Spain shouldn't be afraid of how she will deliver mm-hmm. vocally. However, for me, um, there was Vico and and Agony from the start, yeah. especially Agony, because yeah. like I think he was trying, you know, somehow to 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 give the fans what they wanted, and I I loved how he you know performed with all of these microphones on the stage, how he delivered all that drama, and this was sort of you know my favorite, but again. You know, yeah. also Chanel last year, she didn't have um, this huge amount of support. And look at look at her when she yeah. finished anyway. And and don't get me wrong. I think I really like that Spain is sending this because Spain used to always send like really not even safe, but just like uninteresting Monday stuff that didn't do well at all. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing safe about this. And this could do really mm-hmm. well. And I think this is a really good entry for Spain yes. and might even do better than any of the other finalists would have. It's just not a song that I would listen to daily on my mm-hmm. playlist. That's what I meant. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. All right. So shall we look at the national finals that are happening this Saturday? Yes. Yeah. Minus Italy. Italy can almost be a bonus episode on its own because the madness that is San Remo will engulf the entire <laughs> oh, week yeah. for hours and hours and hours every night. So we'll leave Italy on its own. So shall we go alphabetically and maybe start with Denmark? Yes. Sure. Denmark, right. So DMGP is this weekend, this Saturday. Uh, I found overall the songs were very radio-friendly this year, kind of like last year. They, so there's a lot of safe songs here. Um, that said, it was nice to see a couple of songs in Danish, like Glansbrille, I guess. I can't even... My Danish is awful, obviously. And Liga Her were two that I thought were kind of interesting. But overall, I feel like I've kind of heard almost all of these songs in some way before in some other national final or on the radio somewhere. Like, there's nothing... There's no Blanca Paloma moments in Damn Get Me this year. (laughs) No, not at all. So just for that reason, I kind of stepped outside my own box and picked a song that uh, I normally wouldn't choose. So my favorite, I think, from this selection is Freedom. By Nicola Zona. So that stood out to me. Um, it's almost like the rock song that's missing from UMK this year in Finland. So I think with some staging, this could really do well and get Denmark back in the final for the first time since 2019 in Liverpool. I really considered freedom as well, but I think it's just, you know, Denmark is always going safe. That really bothers me. And also when they do rock, when they want to do something else, it's still like (laughs) basic safe version of that genre, you know? Um, I ended up going for um, 
I think it's Aya with I was gonna marry him. And first of all, that title is kind of weird already. <laughs> and it's, um, I didn't really understand it. It's two girls singing about a guy they wanted to marry. So both of them, I guess. Polyamorous. Yeah. I think so. And my favorite line from that song is, please let me, let me say that to you really quick. Um, they say it gets better with time, but I'm not a bottle of wine. <laughs> So, <laughs> rhyming time with wine, brilliant! Oh my goodness! Yeah, but still, like this stood out to me because it has these Western vibes, sort of, and there's like a whistle moment. And I think with a good staging, with good live vocals, this could be a nice, beautiful Eurovision moment. And I didn't see that with any of the others as of now. But we'll see what the live performances will bring. Well, um, as you said before, um, Denmark always goes with something you know um safe with some yeah with something you know the, the, i have a feeling that they are a little bit afraid of you know going over the line the problem is they did it with uh fear of flam mm. and i think that was their best entry in years yeah, yeah. but then it wasn't rewarded so <laughs> that's why they went back to safe again yes i mean i i i remember like uh, the biggest robbery of of national final of 2022 for me was happened happened in denmark for me yeah so i mean they are trying but maybe because like people are used to going for those you know those safe songs also speaking of radio friendly songs when did that ever work at the eurovision before why are everybody sticking by radio friendly songs but yeah <laughs> but however for me it was i hope i'm saying it right riley and breaking my heart because it was pretty much um the only song that i could convince myself to listen to it again I'm mm. saying this in the nicest possible way. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty <laughs> no, much. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like I, I will. I won't be able to watch it live because I'll, I'll watch San Remo on Saturday. But I will watch Dame Gepay at some point on Sunday if I can find the stream of it or, or find it. Uh, and I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But it's going to be one of those things like, oh yeah, I watched it. It was interesting because they will. They will like Copenhagen will put off. A, Actually, I shouldn't say Copenhagen. I don't know where it is this year, but like they will have it in a nice arena. There'll be a beautiful stage. It'll be like a little melody festival, and um, almost as good, but not quite. So the the production will be good, but the songs, like Jan just said, like they'll they they won't stick in my head very long. I mean, they're not bad. It's just the only issue with Denmark is that they're always going for these safe choices, and this is yeah. maybe why they are where they are <laughs> in in the Eurovision yeah. scoreboard. So shall we take a quick look at the odds? In Denmark. So it's actually really funny because in third place is Niklas with Freedom mm -hmm. with a 15% winning chance. In second place is Riley with Breaking My Heart mm -hmm. with a 23% winning chance. And in first place is Aya with I Was Gonna Marry Him with a 34% oh winning chance. Oh my goodness. <laughs> all of our favorites. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Shall we move on to another national final? Estonia. Yes, let's look at Esti Laul. Um, I also had trouble here. I couldn't pick just one, so I've got three little comments about three songs. And uh, I already looked at the betting odds just for Estonia, just for some motivation. And, of course, these are three that are very, very close to the bottom in the betting odds. So, of course, I picked them. <laughs> um, so I really like Uxam 
Koraga by Mia. I just thought it was, yeah, I thought it was just a beautiful song, well sung. Staging was a bit odd with that one dancer kind of prancing around in the background was kind of distracting from the, from the song. But anyway, again, studio version, fantastic. Um, Awaiting You by Inger or Inger. Um, Inger. Inger. Yeah. Okay. Um, Really good. Like I would listen to that. It seems like a nice song for like a, a nice road trip on a weekend. I would like to have the, I don't know. That's just how I picture it in my head. Laugh it's, all you want, but that's how okay, I can use it. Dave. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but again, like I find with Estee Lau, a lot of the stagings have been odd. Like it's just Inger and a chair, you know, on a circle. So like the, that, that needs something. If, if that works and win, I know it's not going to win, but let's, let's say it did. It would need some revamping for sure for the staging and my absolute guilty pleasure, which I'm almost shocked at myself because I don't like this kind of music is to you by Milik. The one that started oh, the band, right? Okay. It starts in black yeah, yeah, and white yeah. and changes the color. At some yeah. point. It's, it's such a funky little retro song. Um, hard to watch the full three minutes because, again, it's, they're not moving. They're not doing anything. The, yeah. the camera angles just picks a different person in the band to show. But uh, I don't know. When it comes on, I start tapping my feet. And usually comes on ESC radio while I'm at work. And, yeah, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't pick a winner. Um, hopefully you guys pick some songs that are higher up in the betting odds than these three. <laughs> Sort of, yeah. So my initial favorite was Bad Weathers with Monster, but that was until the live performance. I sadly think they really ruined it. I hope maybe they improve it until the final, but yeah, I was a little bit disappointed by that. So now my favorite is Ollie with Venom. Yeah, this is one of the best rock songs we have in this national final season so far, I think. he did a very good performance. I think he can even improve that up until the final. I think this could be staged really well. And yeah, I think this is definitely my choice for Estonia. Um, when I took a look at it, I, I really tried to see what stays in my head. That was somehow the criteria of it. And um, we all know that I'm not known for an amazing music taste. So we saw that in one of our previous episodes. <laughs> Skrillex. <laughs> loving it. Uh, but anyway, uh, as Dave said, I also had like three little songs which got my attention and... Um, the first one was was Yannick and House of Glass, and somehow yeah. it was, you know, it was something. It was good. It was something I would play after the Estonian national final as well. Um, yeah. Of course, I had to, you know, somehow uh, stick to my horrible music taste, and and one of my, you know, songs which I enjoyed as well was Elisa's Bad Philosophy. Obviously, <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> because, I mean, look at me. Have we met? Um, I almost, yeah. I, to be fair, I almost picked that one too, Jan, but yeah. I, I just couldn't. You know, the the pop kit inside of me cannot yeah. get out, so it's yeah. Well, the two of us bonded for the first time over steps. Exactly. It makes sense. Exactly. (laughs) God forbid they ever do Eurovision. Okay, so, and the third one, or let's say the choice, which I would be happy to see her on the Eurovision stage, would be Alika and uh, Bridges. I think it's it's something special about that song. It sounds, um, you know... um, different and 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 i think that it could be a great choice but you know that's again my not like top three but like three of the songs which i genuinely enjoyed listening to 
Yeah, and Alika is, of course, the big favorite yeah, as well. By a lot. Um, let's take a look. I think, yeah, Bad Wetters are still in third place, but only with a 5% winning chance. Oli with Venom is in second place with a 13% winning chance. And now Alika with Breaches has a 66% winning chance. Yeah, I can't, like, I didn't, I didn't even, I couldn't get through the whole Monsters performance. It's like trying to watch the, the dollar store version of um, Finland 2006 Lordy. of Lordy. Yeah, yeah so. I just couldn't do it. Uh, I also can't spell, apparently, because I said we would go in uh, alphabetical order, but of course, the nerd I am, I wrote the country names down in their native languages. So our third country is Hrvatska. So let's look at Dora in Croatia. Um, I listened to them all, and um, nothing really good or bad to say about most of them. Uh, some of them sound very Balkan, very Croatian in, in origin. And then I got to our returning artist from 2020. I got to Demir and listened to Angels and Demons. And it just seems like it's in a league by itself. I don't know, again, my North American bias. It sounds like it's very radio-friendly for over here. But it really stood out to me. Uh, I checked. The video's got over 200,000 views already. And it's so different then. And yeah, I'm going to fix my pronunciation now, of Div Ligi Vietre from 2020, his song that he was going to send when Eurovision got cancelled. Yeah, Div Vietre, but yeah. There we go. So, yeah, but like overall, Dora seems very chill this year, very pleasant. Nothing nothing really shocking. Uh, we'll wait and see what the stagings are like, of course, this weekend. Um, but if he, if he can, if, if uh, Demir can maintain those vocals in the studio version, if he can do that live, and I think he can, based on some of the performances we saw around the 2020, like when he did the, the, the Eurovision at Home performances and stuff, like he can really sing. So if this is a really good performance on Saturday, I think this one will go through pretty easily. Um, yeah, well, speaking of Croatia, I have to say that I really am missing this kind of times when when Croatia delivered some drama, delivered some scandals, delivered some great <laughs> songs, which stays stayed in like airplay for I don't know decades or even longer. And I have to say that this year's choice isn't giving me any of these vibes for me but like as you said it's not like it's a bad selection or a good selection just like you know they're saying okay we're going let's do something let's have some few songs <laughs> and um, obviously one of the things which i have to mention is like um, participation of a um, very famous croatian band called let three um, they're, they are like rock band from Rijeka, Croatia. It's a town close to Slovenia as well. And they're pretty much known um, all around the former country of Yugoslavia for um, their obscene live performances, uh, sometimes also provocative and vulgar as well. So, um, and this year's Dora entry wasn't any different. Um, and they definitely went to grab some attention, which was, I think, mission accomplished. Um, one of the songs that I liked as well was Jana's Free Fallen. Uh, it's it's one of the, you know, cool songs as well. But I really have to stick with um, Damir Kejo and Angels and Demons. So this is somehow my favorite choice for Croatia. We really have the same brain because the two <laughs> entries that I wrote down here, first of all, is uh, Let Three. Is yeah, Let Three. Yeah, yeah. Let Three with uh, Mama Shit. Mama Shit. Sh- Mama Shit. Sh- 
just makes no sense yeah. for me either. So don't worry. Goes over the lips yeah. easily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the big standout for me. Uh, I think this could be either amazing life or super awful. There's no in between. And there's this like, it's so interesting. I looked up the lyrics. I still didn't understand it fully. They mentioned war. They mentioned psychopaths. Well, they're, they're super different. You know, they're its own category. Yeah. And, you know, they're like really known for being, you know, they're in one of the interviews, I might just say, um, they, they said that um, it was a setup that, that they qualified for Dora, but that they have to deal with it. So, you know, so <laughs> they didn't do it. Wow. Yeah, so you can see it a lot from yeah. there. But I think with a good live performance, that's definitely my favorite. But I also wrote down uh, Dana or Jana with Free Falling. Jana, Jana yeah. with Free Falling. I think this kind of reminded me of Albina yeah. in 2021. Still robbed. Also by her voice. But like, I think this is really good. This is one of the better pop entries that we have so far. And yeah, this could also do really well for me. Very good. So that's our little summary of uh, Dora this year. Let's move up to Latvia and look at Supernova. Um, I had trouble with Latvia again. Supernova <laughs> this year. Um, well, so I'm, I'm still I'm still mad at what everything that happened last year with uh, Zani. They should have qualified. I just I'm still heartbroken. But um, instead of just picking songs for Supernova, I have awards that I'm going to hand out. So um, most interesting staging. I think at Supernova is going to go to what I assume is 24th Avenia with the song You Said with those interesting red dancers kind of flailing about and all these weird camera. It, it's, it's just a treat for the eyes. Um, best vocals. I'm going to give to Tom's Kaldarowskis, When It All Falls. The song, unfortunately, is pretty forgettable, but he, I think, I think, because we do have live performances from the semis for Latvia, I think he sung uh, the best. And I have an award for biggest letdown from the studio version to the live performance, and I'm going to give that one to Marcus Riva with Forever. I really like that one um, on the studio version, but then during the live performance, I was like, what is this? It's almost not even the same song. So, and then that was going to be my favorite one. Uh, I couldn't pick a winner, but if I had a gun to my head, I would probably pick Hush by Patricia. Um, <laughs> if, if I had to pick a winner, uh, again, is I mean, we're still early days with national finals. It would need some, some different staging, obviously. Maybe the song would get a little revamp as well. Um, but the chorus of that one of Hush is a bit of an earworm, and it's upbeat, and dot, dot, dot. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Sebi, you seem like you have things to say. <laughs> no, I just, I don't know what Latvia is doing. Like they started, they initially, like they immediately became third place in their debut. And then they won two years later. And where did all of that go? Estonia is doing so well, always. Like not even results-wise, but just with the national final. And even Lithuania recently really figured it out. Like Monica and Derub were amazing. And Latvia is in between those countries. And somehow, yeah, I'm really disappointed with the Supernova lineup again this year. And I picked um, Sudden Lights with Aya, Aija, I don't even know. I just felt this was like still the best performed song. It had sort of a warm staging and it was an okay band song. But like, 
nothing that would make my top 10 or even top 20 in Eurovision still. I would say, um, I mean, you guys pretty much said it all. Um, when it comes to Supernova this year, I'm usually always looking forward to national finals, which are not so, you know, commercially um, up there always. And um, I have to say that um, I think Supernova had better years than this year. But again, uh, obviously, it's not Supernova if you don't have Marco Sariva performing. Uh, I think it's his ninth time or something. <laughs> so maybe on that yes. occasion, I wish him well. Maybe he could win this whole competition. But uh, I think my favorite was and still is, um, again, Patricia and Hush. For the exactly same reasons Dave just said, because sometimes I think... You just have to pick a favorite. Yes, you just have to pick one. <laughs> Yeah, the bookies actually agree with us. So in third place is actually Louise with you to hold me with a 10% winning chance. And then in second place is Sudden Lights with Aya with a 30% winning chance. And Patricia with Hush has a 33% winning chance. Ooh. So it's pretty it's close. close between our two favorites. I loved how yeah. Patricia had this kind of vibes, like with those dancers with her on a stage. It makes it feel like she's not like her with the dancers but like it looked like a group you know because they they were all in the same level somehow um so yeah, yeah i think that's the best possible choice i think for latvia all right and really 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 quickly now romania is our last one selezia nazionale is also this saturday because there's not enough to watch we do have live performances but uh they're kind of hard to go by because there's no real staging they all kind of had the same background everything was very sterile and very egalitarian like going back to the ceausescu days of communism in romania like everyone had the it's exact very same. moldova it's very moldova of this yes yes yeah. uh and again it's, it's so hard to pick because just for that fact, because they all kind of look the same. There's nothing really other than the song to distinguish them. So I thought uh, Statues by Andre Dutu was very um, anthemic, almost like We Are One for Ireland, like that, woohoo, we're going to do it kind of feel to it. So I look forward to see the staging of that one and if he can elevate it. I will be disappointed if there are no statues on the LED screen when he performs that, when they actually do it up. Um, Puppet by Amia was very unique, very quirky, blah, blah, blah. Love the title. Very catchy. Yeah, I hope a lot. There's probably 20 writers on that song. Mm -hmm. um, but this this is going to need a really good dance routine to sell it live, I think, because she can't just stand there by herself and say blah, blah, blah 50 times. She's going to need like the whole production there. And again, I hate myself. I, like I don't know why I'm picking this. But I think my best one. Do you know what I'm going to say? Uh, 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 the probably. one, the last one I would pick out of this list. I don't know. Just shoot it. <laughs> Perintia Mea. Of course. By Andrea no. and Folklore Orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so hey ho, let's go, you know? Like, it is. I, mean, I know it why is, you're I, picking this. But even trashier. Yes, it's so. I mean, it's. I, I, I hate the song. I really hate it, but I love it. Uh, it just, like, it just, it has to win. When it comes on ESC radio, I roll my eyes, and then 10 seconds later, I'm like kind of bouncing in my chair. Did that, did that, did that? I know, I know. This, I know it, it has to win. It's upbeat, it's lively, it sounds so Romanian, like you said, it's very zhdub zhdub from last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it I I think it would qualify at Eurovision and I think would do very well in the televote. Juries maybe not so much. Yeah, I also uh had 
initially Andre with statues as my favorite when we had the studio versions only. But uh, this one really disappointed me live. And I actually have no idea what you're talking about because there was a huge standout with the live performances. That was uh, Theodor Andre with DGT. He was the only one who killed it live. He was the only one who had good vocals. And I really liked the look of it as well. He sort of reminded me of Pam Rabbit's styling in Czech Republic, but just the male version of it. Like that gothic, almost like schoolboy uniform. And I don't even think this needs a big change with the live performance on the stage. Like if they just go for that vibe, I think he stands out a lot. It's almost a little bit rocky. And yeah, this is by far, by far the best one for me. And definitely not Andrea, whatever that is. <laughs> well, for me, everybody is like um, always saying, you know, like uh, Andrea for for Romania, and I somehow cannot really hop on the train of the hype of it. But again, well, there was a train last year. Yes, I know. Like I know. from Kishinev yeah. to Bucharest, and I love me some train. Um, so, and I think uh, my choice would be Amia and Puppet because it was, you know, just. A thing which clicked with me and and it worked perfectly yeah so we got a busy weekend coming up and all of these shows are going to happen on saturday right exactly not even on friday all of them yeah. don't forget there's another heat in Melo uh and lithuania i think as well as having another semi-final so lots to watch and san remo of course i think it's first proper super saturday of this season if i'm not wrong. it is yeah. yeah and many more to come well, my, my lunch break is over, so I should probably get back <laughs> to work. Uh, please let us know what you think uh, on our socials, or I guess we have email as well, Sebi? We have email as well. Uh, it's buildingbridges.eurovision at gmail.com. We are building on the line bridges on the line podcast on Instagram. And you can also, of course, leave a review uh, if you're listening on Spotify or any other platform where we can leave reviews. We would be really happy about that. Yeah, and you can all guess who's taking care of our socials now as well. <laughs> of the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, let us know what you think and we'll see you back next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Ciao. Ciao.